From BYU Broadcasting's Performance Studio, this is Highway 89. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Los Hermanos de los Andes is a folk group with a 27-year history. They've been playing together clear since 1989, and almost that long is how long I've wanted them to be on this show. Well, not quite, but you are so lucky to get to hear them today. They've performed at various venues throughout the state of Utah. They performed at Latin festivals and lots of large-scale productions with sets, dancers, dramatic lighting, sometimes a choir, sometimes two, sometimes three, and sometimes that choir is the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Their purpose is to preserve and share their rich musical heritage with authentic ethnic instruments dating back to Inca times. And so we'll invite you to close your eyes, let your imagination take you to the high, majestic mountains of the Andes running north and south through seven different countries. They do have a few recordings. We'll talk about where you can find those later. Their musicians today are Edgar Zurita, Gonzalo Zurita. They are each playing three different types of pan flutes and other flutes. Alvaro Salazar, charango and guitar today. Juan Soto, guitar, and Victor Soto, percussion, including we're going to hear llama hooves. We'll see if you can pick out if they're authentic. We'll start with a song about a town in Italy. We'll explain later why that ties in with Inca music. This is a Mercado de Testacio.
Coming to you live from Studio 6, Highway 89. Our guests in studio today are Los Hermanos de los Andes. And that sound that sounded like a string of llama hooves playing was a string of llama hooves playing. That's what that sounds like. <laughs> it was so interesting. We just heard Mercado de Testacio. Edgar Zurita, thank you for coming and playing today. Pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank the, you for the inviting us. The flute you just played is the solo instrument on the last piece. What is the name of that instrument? This instrument is called a kena. The kena is a bamboo uh, flute. It's pretty much like a recorder uh, mm -hmm. that we all grew up playing. <laughs> the difference uh, is, like I mentioned, it's made out of bamboo. And also, it does not have a mouthpiece. It's just a notch at the at very top. So actually, the mouthpiece is your, your mouth. So <laughs> you have to adapt it in yeah. order to be able to play it. Is that like, uh, it's sort of like blowing over a Coke bottle. That's correct. That's, That's correct. Now, what do you call the pan pipes? The pan pipes uh, are made out of, uh, also made out of bamboo, and they're called sampoñas. It's a family of flutes. Uh, uh, in the family, actually, it's called sampoña family. So. Nice. Well, we've discovered that Utah really loves Andean folk music. You've been playing for many years and playing in all kinds of different venues. And we're we're just sharing the music today, but there's usually there's lights, there's costumes, there's often dancing. It must be very exciting for the audience. It is surprisingly, I shouldn't say surprisingly, but it's pleasantly uh, surprising to have so much appeal for this type of music. Um, it, it can vary from very high rhythms to very melancholy. Mm. And it's very haunting uh, sounds that make all <laughs> the audiences just immerse with their music. Um, we had, the, the, I guess, the fortune of playing in, in venues where we can just create amazing, amazing music with dancers, with choirs with <laughs> it's just it's just amazing it just and as beautiful as it is i understand that at the beginning your parents were not happy about this no. <laughs> tell me why no. um back in bolivia back in the i'm gonna date myself now but back in the late 70s and early 80s um there was a sort of a music revolution and the young folk music revolution in south america but before that it was uh, only played in bars and, you know, places that were a little bit sketchy. And my parents did not want anything to do about that. Yeah. You know, they, they said, oh, you're going to start playing music and you're going to end up in a corner <laughs> drunk <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, but that music, I'm glad for that cultural change in yes. music because yeah. this there is something really special about this like something i don't know if you can call it an organic sound that it's a, it's a human blowing into a plant yeah. it is a connection i guess we can say for, with with mother earth and uh -huh. with, uh, with the elements ethnic elements and um after the cultural revolution um that we've all this beautiful music that in the in the past, it was hidden. It was like mm -hmm. almost forbidden. Yeah. Just came to, and just by thinking of it, every <laughs> Leo hairs in my body is like standing up because uh -huh. it's so exciting. It, it, it's just a part of 
part of our, our, our my soul, part of my music. Part oh, of my... We're so glad that, that you're playing it, keeping it alive, and sharing it. In fact, we're going to hear what may be the most famous piece of Andean music. It's El Condor Pasa, the Flight of the Condor. Of course, this is known to lots of Americans because of a cover version done by Simon and Garfunkel back in 1970 of their Bridge Over Troubled Water album. Paul Simon had heard a version of that song performed by a group, their, their name was Urubamba, and ended up touring with them, even producing their first American album. So lots of us think, oh yeah, that Simon and Garfunkel song, but it is so much older than that. Such a beautiful, haunting melody. Actually, I remember buying an album with the Boston Pops and Arthur Fiedler, and I really loved it. But then when I heard the real thing, like we're about to, it was a whole different, a whole different piece of music. Let's hear El Condor Pasa. Condor Pasa, the flight of the condor performed live on Highway 89. Our guests in studio today are Los Hermanos de los Andes, and you could see that on YouTube. You could actually uh, just look them up and look up El Condor Pasa. You'll see that on their YouTube channel. Alvaro Salazar, 
Thank you for coming in today. Thank you so much for inviting us. So the instrument you're playing, it looks like it has 10 strings, and they're, they're doubled. So, so you're playing five strings, but it's two under each, each time you put your finger down. That's right. This, um, this instrument is called charango. It was used to be made out of an armadillo back. Mm. And we, it's not done anymore because we just want to make sure that those animals are taken care of. And so now it's made out of wood. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, like, a, what would it be, a small instrument here in the U.S.? A ukulele or something a guitar, like that. Exactly. Like if they well, had a late night together exactly. and suddenly there's the charango. <laughs> Let me ask, when did you first see this instrument? Actually, um, I was in high school and I was, I think we had one of those big recesses that we were all together and they asked us to come and listen to this gentleman play. And that was the first time I ever saw and heard this beautiful instrument. This gentleman is very well known in Chile. I had no idea that he was an expert. And from then on, my love for charango grew. And so you just decided, I'm going to play this. That's right. And when I saw Edgar, Edgar was meeting with some friends in, here at BYU in the Clyde building. And we were, I was studying civil engineering. He was studying mechanical engineering. And I saw them and I said, hey, I can play. I really did, couldn't, but you know, I just kind of said I could, because I really wanted to just you know get together with someone mm-hmm. who could play and the folk music, and this is an instrument where it fits perfectly in the music. So did you, you? I'm sure you had no idea that nearly 30 years later you'd still be playing this all over professionally. Uh, no, I had no idea. But this is the beautiful thing about the instruments and the beautiful thing about the music that if you put effort into something that you love, you never know where you're going to end. Hmm. And it's about every moment that you share w- with the music and with what you love. Do you remember the first time you played as a group? Well, we always talk about it, and uh, we just remember the first time we got paid. I think it was, <laughs> it was $50, and we were just jumping for joy because 50 bucks back then was a lot of money for us. To split how many ways? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we just ate it. <laughs> you know, we were student uh, studying at BYU, so we were always hungry. Let me ask uh, about, will you tell me all the countries the Andes go through? Well... I, I mean, we always picture Peru, yes. but it's all the way up and down the spine Th- of That South is America. right. And everything, this music really joins many countries, starting from South America, as you look at the whole end of the Americas in, with Argentina, Chile, uh, all the nations that have some Andean region of the mountains, mm-hmm. they play some of this music. So we have Argentina, Chile, as I mentioned. We have Peru, Bolivia. We have, um, then as we go up, we have Ecuador. And um, then we also have some, would it be Colombia? And maybe a little bit of Venezuela, but mostly some Colombia. Mm -hmm. And would you believe that this music and melodies have become so loved that even in Mexico, you can find some groups, even though, you know, it's it's not really part of the culture. Mm -hmm. But actually this, and these mountains come all the way here to the to these rocky mountains. It's the same chain of mountains that go all the way south. So we're really our brothers and sisters. Well, we're glad that the music finally reached up here. 
that you brought it, so we get to we get to hear it too. We're going to hear another song. Tell me what country Calambito comes from. Do you know is it a particular? Calambito comes from Chile. Chile. All right. We're going to hear Calambito, and uh, that can translate as calamity. We'll wait and hear how this sounds. A performance by our group in studio, Los Hermanos de los Andes. Calambito, you're listening to Highway 89, coming to you live performances. Edgar Zarita, how many instruments do you play? <laughs> do you even I know? I am not sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> all, all of them. Um, I, yeah, I, I really don't know. I, I haven't count. <laughs> well, I see I, you've got at least uh, two or three hanging around your neck yes. right now. Uh, I, I did hear, though. That at the beginning, you were the percussionist. Yes. And that the band pulled you aside. Why don't you tell what they said? Well, (laughs) (laughs) my love for the music was so great that I wanted to be part of it. Uh And percussion would be, you know, something that I thought I could play. I thought I was good at. And so I started playing with them. And obviously, I was so mesmerized doing practices that, you know, I was more 
paying attention to what they were doing and not so much at what I was supposed <laughs> to do. Anyway, so it came to a performance day, and they didn't. They were not paying attention of what I was doing during practice. So during the performance, I was just going at it, thinking that I was it, and then something <laughs> else. And it turns out that during half of the show, the leader of the group turns around and says, Edgar, cut it out. Stop it. <laughs> Just don't play. Don't play anymore. And I thought, oh, maybe, you know, they're making changes. And, you know, uh -huh. and I stopped. And the next song came up, and I started playing again. And he turned around and said, I told you to stop it. <laughs> and so. This is uh, a sad story. Uh, after the show, he comes down, and he was so mad at me. And he's like, you are no good. <laughs> I don't know what you're doing here. <laughs> and so nobody, nobody have talked to me like that before, and I was quite hurt. <laughs> but that did let me know because I was arrhythmic. Um, I I could not carry a, a rhythm. Uh -huh. I thought in my mind that I could do it, and. But no, I couldn't. Well, you I, seem to have learned. We're playing the <laughs> flutes and everything, and yeah. all the rhythms you're doing. Yeah. And so I had to learn. I had to learn. I had to pay attention to it. And it didn't come naturally. I had to work really hard in order to just keep the beat. Hmm. And something so simple that for some people, it's so simple, it just comes naturally. For me, it wasn't. And then I realized that I was not the only one. There's so many people that, you know, they think that they can't, but. They, they, they it's actually pretty encouraging <laughs> that, that you were able to learn and, and do so well. And we would never even have brought it up except you posted it on Facebook. So it's, it's not our fault. <laughs> so, let me ask, do you ever go down and tour Andean countries, either looking for songs or, or just to perform? Uh, you, uh, our group? Your group, uh-huh. Or do you well, mostly do that up we, here? We mostly do it here. Um, we've, we've been able to travel to um, different places like Hawaii and... Mm. Uh, and it's been great. Uh, it's well received, and we want to actually go down into South American countries and and play it. And and it's a goal of ours, and it's gonna it's gonna happen. Nice. We're nice. so busy up here, though. <laughs> yeah, plenty hard. to do. Well, I'm just wondering. Uh, not only are you playing traditional songs, but you're also putting these authentic Andean instruments on other popular tunes. In fact, we're going to hear one of these. We first saw the acronym for this, which was <laughs> I-C-H-F-I-L-W-U. Each feel woo, we thought, is what is this, a Quechua song? What is it? <laughs> then we found out it stands for I Can't Help Falling in Love with You. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> so let's go ahead. We're going we're gonna to hear the Andean version of this song. And if you're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, they're coloring outside the lines. Well, maybe. This is actually a melody from a French song back in the 1700s. So Andean, no, but the instruments are, and it's an old melody.
listening to Los Hermanos de los Andes live here in Studio 6 on Highway 89. Alvaro Salazar, uh, tell me about how you find all of the music. I mean, is it music you remember from your childhood that different band members remember growing up or that you've just heard along the way? Well, there are some very old groups that have played this music. Um, so we sometimes have to go back and uh, then we interpret it the way we feel it should be played in North America. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, But th there are many places where we can find the music. But many of the times we feel like we need to create things and uh, we have created quite a few things that are very beautiful. And it's just part of you know, doing something different. Well, speaking of finding music, people can find your music, and they can do that on the uh, Los Hermanos de los Andes on Facebook. That's right. Is that the, is that the best place? Also, YouTube. YouTube, uh, you yes. Can, you can find music there. Good. Yes. Well, you have written a little bit about talents and that uh, how important they are to develop, not just musical. I'm wondering if I could just ask what you think about that, about hidden talents. Well, I I really feel that we all are have been blessed with talents, and we just need to discover them, and we need to be bold enough uh, to try. Hmm. Sometimes we are so afraid of n not doing something because people will laugh at us, and uh, all of us have come from South America, and you know, just trying to speak a different language. Sometimes you feel like, oh. I don't know how, and then I'm going to be embarrassed. Right. But we, we just did it. And you have to take that stand. Just do it, and, and, and you're going to find your talent because we all have something special to share with people. And for us, it's the music, and we feel that this music really joins people and brings people together. It doesn't matter which language they speak. We feel like we're all one. And I'm sure you feel that when you're performing for a group and you see the excitement of everybody, how much they're enjoying what you're playing. That's right. And I think, and, and I was telling you before this, that that's where we draw our energy from. We, we're really not professional musicians. We all have our jobs, but we have been doing this all these years together because we draw that energy and we've, we want to give back. Mm. And people feel so happy when we play El Condor Pasa. People cry because it's, it, it touches them so much that they feel the spirit of this music. Nice. Well, a tradition that goes back so, so many years. Let me ask about a song you're going to play. I think this must be a Christmas song. It's the Pilgrimage or A La Huella or Huella. A La Huella. In Argentina, they would call it A La Huella. In Chile, we say A La Huella. It's basically uh, a Christmas song that talks about the Savior and, and well, we, we don't have lyrics, but we just, we just think that it's the path. Mm -hmm. You know, we all need to take a path, uh, the path of life, that we need to continue moving forward, and then we're going to end in a happy place. Good. Well, this is, let's do this song. We'll okay. be ending in a happy place by hearing this as our final song. And we're listening once again to Los Hermanos de los Andes. Thank you for coming. This next song is The Pilgrimage, A La Huella.
on Highway 89. We've just heard Alawea, or we should say Alawea, because the music is by Argentine composer named Ariel Ramirez. He'd be he'd want it that way. Our players today are Edgar Zurita, Gonzalo Zurita, Alvaro Salazar, Juan Soto, and Victor Soto. And they listed which instruments they were playing, but it's not fair. They've been trading most of them back and forth, playing different instruments. Very musical group. We're so glad. Thank you to Los Hermanos de los Andes for coming and performing for us today. You can find their music on Facebook. Just look by using their name or YouTube.com. If you're listening at home or just caught part of the show and want to hear the first part, hear it again or share it, it's easy to do. All of our shows are archived online for free on-demand listening at byuradio.org slash highway89. Also follow us on Twitter at BYUH89 for live show updates and special behind-the-scenes photos and video clips. Highway 89 is a production of BYU Broadcasting in Provo, Utah. Our recording engineer is Mark Waite. Film direction by Abby Vance, and the show's producer is Jackie Tataishi. I'm Stephen Cap Perry. Thanks for listening.